Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 56 of the old radio comedy podcast, where we celebrate the great comedy shows of the golden age of radio. I'm Greg Fordyce. And today is a special hump day happy hour edition, where we bring you two back-to-back comedy shows. Today's first show is the Harold Perry Show, or Honest Harold, as it came to be known. Starring Harold Perry, obviously, it was Perry's attempt to recreate the success he had found doing the great Gildersleeve, which he did from 1941 to 1950. He lost his role, however, after he signed with CBS Radio, and the show's sponsor refused to move from NBC Radio. The Gildersleeve character was then replaced by Willard Waterman, and Perry found himself without a show. The Harold Perry Show ran from September 17, 1950 to June 13, 1951 on CBS, and starred Perry as a radio announcer named Harold Hemp, who starred in his own show called The Happy Homemaker. Other characters included his mother, girlfriends, other employees of the radio station, and others. Unfortunately, the Harold Perry show didn't last beyond one season, due in large part to its similarity to Perry's previous show, The Great Gildersleeve, and it just didn't measure up according to many critics. However, it still ranks as a great classic comedy show to this day. Our second show today is The Judy Canova Show. The last time we featured it was on episode 16 of this podcast. And if you'd like to hear some background on the Judy Canova show, I invite you to listen to that episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. We'll bring you the premiere episode of the Harold Perry Show and the June 26, 1948 broadcast of the Judy Canova Show right after this brief message. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Harold Perry Show. Honest Harold, the homemaker. The town of Melrose Springs boasts one radio station and one newspaper, both owned by an old boaster named Mr. Carruthers. One of the things he doesn't boast about is his radio program on his station called Honest Harold the Homemaker. Why? Because Honest Harold is too honest. Listening to Honest Harold is a morning must in Melrose Springs, especially with the ladies. Let's join them. Well, good morning, girls. <laughs> Time to visit with your old friend, Honest Harold, the homemaker, bringing you news, views, and clues to good products. As usual, that's Home on the Range, our theme song, and now we're going to start cooking with gas. Well, I made a funny. (laughs) I have a very important announcement to make later in the program that concerns all of you, so please stand by, girls. But first, 
Let's dip into our mailbag, huh? Well, here's a letter from a listener in Charlieville. She says, last week I started trading with a different grocer. When the boy arrived with the delivery, I asked him his name. He said, Truman. I said, is that your last name? He said, yes, ma'am. My first name is Harry. Harry Truman, I said. That's a pretty well-known name. He said, it ought to be. I've been delivering groceries around here for four years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that lady certainly was told. A woman likes to be told that her hair is fine as gold. She may know that you're her feller, but it's better when you tell her a woman likes to be told. I snuck that in, didn't I? A woman's funny that way. Clings to every word you say. If it's something sweet and gentle, she'll grow soft and sentimental and kiss your worries away. So if you think her smile is warm as summer, don't you ever keep it from her. For many a heart has been broken for the want of a word unspoken a woman likes to be told that she never will grow and the more you say you love her more and more you will discover a woman likes to be told oh yes a woman Likes to be told. And now, girls, let's get serious for a moment. Two weeks ago, a very high-pressure salesman sold me on the idea of introducing a new shampoo product on this program. Because it was new and not fully tried and tested, I asked all you ladies to accept a free sample from the manufacturer and then report to me. Since then, I've had numerous complaints on the product from you girls, and I'm canceling the account. I may get into a little trouble about this, but I want you to know that Grandma Llewellyn's liquid lather shampoo will never be mentioned on this program as long as I have anything to say about it. Good morning, Station KHJP. Yes, madam. After listening to Honest Harold, you're pouring your Grandma Luella's liquid lather shampoo down the drain. I'll tell him. No, I don't think it'll hurt the drain. Well, <laughs> thanks for draining, or I mean for calling. <laughs> hello, Station Kate. Oh, hello, Rosemary. Little old Gloria was just about to call you. Did you hear Honest Harold's program this morning? Well, he just went off the air, and between you and me, it's liable to be for the last time. Boss Carruthers called his nephew, Mr. Peabody, and now Mr. Peabody is going to call Harold, and... Oh, here comes Harold out of the studio. I'll call you back. Well, good morning, Glory. Did you hear my program this morning? Uh, Yes, I did, Mr. Hemp, and Mr. Peabody heard it, too. He was eating his breakfast at the time. Oh? He choked on his yogurt. (laughs) (laughs) He did? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know my policy, Gloria. I test all my products before... 
And by the way, Gloria, did you test that new product for me over the weekend? Oh, yes. I spent the entire weekend sunbathing. Good. How did that freckle cream work out? Oh, just wonderful. I got a whole new crop of freckles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have Evelina try it. Gloria, you're a fine guinea pig. <laughs> Thank you very much. They'll see you tomorrow, same time, same station. I hope so. Yeah. What? Mr. Peabody wants to see you in his office right away. Is he in there now? I'm afraid so. I can hear him tapping his fingers. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, that's radio, give and take. Only so far I haven't found many who will take what I've got to give. (laughs) (laughs) Well, keep your lines crossed, Gloria. Don't I always? Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Uh, She's a nice kid. Well, here goes nothing. Maybe I was a little hasty about canceling that shampoo account. I don't know, though. My listeners objected to the stuff. Besides, I tried it and took all the wave out of my hair. (laughs) No, sir, my head tells me I did the right thing. And if big shot Stanley Peabody so much as raises his voice to me, I'll... Oh, hello, Stanley. (laughs) Thank you for opening the door. Come in. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you're in such a jovial mood. Mm-hmm. It may help you digest what I've been discussing with my uncle, Mr. Carruthers. Sit down. Oh, thank you. New furniture, eh? Nice. Yes, yes, look about you. This fine radio station. Thousands upon thousands of dollars were spent erecting these handsome studios. Cheap cement. <laughs> the finest electrical engineers designed our powerful transmitters. Mr. Carruthers even hired me at great expense to run the organization. Relative. (laughs) You, you come along and nullify it all. Nullify? Now hold on. You're the one that had better try to hold on to your job. You're on probation. Probation? Yes. You've gone about as far as you can with your idiotic ideals of honesty, and it's got to stop. Stop! Do you hear? The only way I could hear any better is if you were sitting in my lap. when you first started your homemaking program to insist that a sponsor's product must meet the lofty standards of your female listeners. A very clever move from a showmanship angle. Well, thank you, Stanley. Somebody else must have thought of it. Oop! What a mean young man. But this idea of canceling advertisers... I'm I'm sorry, Stanley, but I must uphold my principles. Your principles? What about this radio station? What's going to hold us up? Not this cheap cement, brother. justification did you have to cancel that shampoo account? Well, my listeners complained about it. And just what great fault did your listeners find with the shampoo? Well, Stanley, as one little woman put it, there's too much sham and not enough poo. (laughs) (laughs) Very angry. You're making me very angry, too. You ruined my breakfast this morning. I'm sorry you choked on your yogurt. Please. Instead of wasting your time testing products, why don't you do something constructive? Well, if you have to crusade, go after something worthwhile, such as lowering taxes. Are taxes too high? Are... <laughs> <laughs> or try to do something to better Melrose Springs. What? Now, I'll give you an example. Mrs. Carruthers, my aunt, who, as you know, is the political leader among the women of this town, is planning to run me for mayor. Now, why don't you convince your listeners that I should be the next mayor? I thought you wanted me to do something to better Melrose Springs. <laughs> Get out! And remember, you've got one more chance. But, Stanley... Get out before I do something that'll put me in True Detective magazine. (laughs) Oh, brother, I guess I better go. That's murder. (laughs) 
True Detective magazine. That Peabody. I'd like to condense his head for Reader's Digest. <laughs> Only they wouldn't buy it. What a fine mayor he'll make. Why didn't I fight back? I don't have to take that sort of talk from anybody. My 1936 Essex is almost paid for. <laughs> Besides, this is a free country. Of course, I don't want to be so free I don't have a job. I've got responsibilities. There's mother, cousin Billy. Got to keep little Billy with me or he'll drift back to the racetracks. Hey there, crooner. Oh, hello, Doc. <laughs> talking to yourself, weren't you? Well, that's better than talking to some people I know. <laughs> Always did prefer animals to people. Uh, yeah, I know that, Doc. Fact is, that's why I became a veterinarian instead of an MD. Oh? Animals are more considered. Huh? Never did have a horse call me in the middle of the night unless it was serious. Can I drop you any place? Well, I'm heading home. Well, fine. Hop right in, then, huh? Yeah. yeah. I just uh, came downtown to get some dog biscuits. Uh, Have one? Yeah. <laughs> you better take two. They're kind of small. Yeah. No, thanks. Oh, but they're crammed full of vitamins. Huh? Yeah, they don't crackle or pop, but they got plenty of snap. <laughs> Doc, don't tell me you eat those things. Oh, no. I just give them to my dog. Huh? It's the only thing that'll keep them from barking during your radio program. <laughs> I'd like to put some of those dog biscuits in Stanley Peabody's yogurt. Maybe to keep him from barking. Uh, you and Stanley don't get along too well, do you? Well. Well, not many fellas do when they're in love with the same girl. I guess not. If Stanley could get me out of the way, Doc, he'd probably marry Evelina. Can't understand what you two see in that niece of mine. All she is is young and pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's beautiful. Well, all us Yances are. <laughs> Tell you that she's domineering, though. Why, she even tells old man Carruthers how to run his newspaper. <laughs> if I had a secretary like that, I'd... I'd marry her if she'd have me. Uh, I don't know. She's taking care of me, the twins, and all the stray dogs and cats I'm treating. I don't know. She's got room for one more. Oh? What? <laughs> Besides, my nephew from Cleveland's planning to visit us. Oh? oh it's quite a fellow, that boy. Yeah, it makes $45 a week when he's not striking. <laughs> Well, anyway, this is a fine time for me to be thinking about getting married to Evie. I'm about to lose my job. What, again? Yeah, serious this time. In fact, Mr. Carruthers had Stanley put me on probation. Mm, you're too honest, eh? Well. Yeah, I remember it's giving you trouble all your life. They think I should forget about testing home products and get behind a project to make the town better. Yeah, boss Carruthers would like that, seems how he owns most of the town. What you slowing down for? Is this spring wagon out of gas? No, this is the school zone, Doc. Oh, yeah. Say, if you want a good community project, son, how about getting the town to build a livery stable? A livery stable? There aren't any horses in this town. Well, that might bring them back. <laughs> sure, get some of these cars off the streets. Devil's pulley thing. Now, Doc, you're just an old fuddy-duddy. Automobiles are a boon to mankind. Now, my boy, if nature intended a... Say, watch out for that little kid. What? Oop, I'll go around him. Hang on, Doc. Oh, dear. <laughs> Made it. Where are we? Up on the curb, and only three tires left. 
Oh, certainly close, Doc. Look at that little scallywag run for the schoolhouse. I'll bet he's scared. He's scared? <laughs> you know, Doc, there ought to be a policeman on this corner. See, I'm getting an idea. Now let me out. I'm getting a horse. <laughs> took me all day to contact the school principals, but they're all behind me. Just can't wait to tell Evelina about this. I hope the dear little twin sisters have gone to bed. And old Doc Yak Yak, too. Dear old Doc. I wonder if the old boy sleeps standing up like a horse. <laughs> oh, come in, Harold. Yeah, thank you, Evie. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping you'd drop over. I've been worried. I understand you had some trouble at the radio station. Yeah, I did. But today I hit on a plan that'll make Mr. Carruthers approve of me. Oh, well, take it from his secretary, Harold. It'll have to be quite an idea. Oh, this one is. Stanley Peabody suggested what he said was a worthwhile project, oh. convincing my listeners that he should be the next mayor. But I've got a better plan and a more honest one. Oh. I'm going to start a radio campaign to put a policeman at every corner of every schoolhouse so that our children can cross the streets. Oh, that's a wonderful idea, Harold. Is Mr. Carruthers enthused? Well, I haven't spoken to Mr. Carruthers yet. I've got a call in for Stanley to call me here. I hope you're staying at home this evening. Uh, don't worry about that. Look at all the work Mr. Carruthers sent me home with. Yeah, slave driver. Uh, oh, but, you know, this is interesting. Huh? I'm proofreading a series of articles that Mr. Carruthers wrote for his Sunday editorial. It's on one of his pet subjects. Uh -huh. Lip reading. Lip reading? Mm-hmm. He is a bit deaf, you know. Deaf, too? <laughs> <laughs> I've discovered that you can learn a lot about people by watching their lips. Well, a fella doesn't like to just watch some lips. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've been practicing lip reading here in front of the mirror. Mirror? Wouldn't it be more fun practicing with something not quite so cold? <laughs> a nice live suntanned assistant? <laughs> I'm available. All right. Now, you watch how my lips form the words. Oh, brother, I'm watching. <laughs> now, after me, make the lips form a simple word, like rhubarb. Rhubarb. <laughs> no, don't try to spell the word. Huh? Just say it, naturally. Rhubarb. Rhubarb. This is silly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it is. Really? Well, it may have some merit. Let's see. Now it's my turn, huh? Mm -hmm. Now you form a word with me. Ready? Say prunes. All right. Prunes. <laughs> oh, hair. <laughs> that wasn't fair. No, but it was tasty. <laughs> shouldn't have kissed me. Well, you shouldn't have said prunes. You were irresistible. <laughs> Evie. Yes? It's strange that lip reading should make me think of marriage. But now that I'm sure of my job again... Uh, oh, that must be Stanley now. Yeah, it would be. I'll get it. Hello? Is that you, Hemp? Did you call me? Yes, I did, Stanley. I've taken your advice. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Your suggestion about crusading to better Melrose Springs... I want you to tell Mr. Carruthers about it. Well, I certainly will. Uh, you mean about deciding to back me for mayor? Oh, no. My idea is to have a policeman on every corner at every school. What? 
A policeman on every corner. Huh? Hemp, do you realize there are four schools in this town? There are four corners at each school? That's 16 additional policemen. Eight, twelve, six, say, he's right. <laughs> Sixteen policemen, do you know what that means? It means safety for our school children. It means higher taxes. And do you know who pays most of the taxes in this town? Well, Mr. Carruthers, of course. Yes. But... And what, may I ask, is wrong with the suggestion I gave you? You mean to back you for mayor? Certainly. Well, as one of my lady listeners so aptly put it, too much sham and not enough poo. <laughs> that did it? Huh? To coin a phrase, my dear boy, you've reached the end of your rope, hemp. <laughs> hey, that's pretty clever. What? You're fired. Fired? But Stanley. <laughs> I guess he didn't like my idea. Are you finished, Harold? Yeah, I'm finished. In more ways than one. Well, Mother always said... It's important to have an open mind, but maybe I've got a hole in my head. We'll return to the second act of our story, Honest Harold, in just a moment. I think this is a good time for a reminder that safety in driving is mighty important especially on these vacation days. There are twice as many cars on the road during the summer months, and that means you should be twice as careful. Save a life. Remember, it may be your own. And now back to the Harold Perry Show. We're back in Honest Harold's hometown, Melrose Springs. It's the next day, and we find ourselves at the radio station. Good morning, Station KHJP. Oh, hello, little Billy. Honest Harold's program? Well, uh... Hold the wire, little Billy, and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Station KHJP. Oh, hello, Rosemary. Has little old Gloria got news for you? But I'll have to call you back. Little Billy's on the other line. You know, Harold's cousin, that cute ex-jockey. Hello, little Billy. Hasn't Harold told you? Well, I guess he didn't want to worry you. But he isn't the homemaker here anymore. He's been replaced with an organ recital. (laughs) (laughs) He came in this morning, packed up his test tubes, and went home to Mother. Yes, I think you'll find him there. He looks so sad. Goodbye, Billy. Oh, oh. Now, Harold, stop worrying. Everything happens for the best. Remember, honesty is the best policy. Yes, Mother, honesty is the best policy, but I'm beginning to think the premiums come pretty high. (laughs) Don't you want a little dessert, Harold? I think I've had enough lunch, Mother. I'm trying to keep my weight down, you know. Oh, you're not too fat. Oh, yes, I am. The last time I took a train trip and got into an upper, it immediately became a lower. just healthy looking. But you won't be if you don't stop worrying and eat more. Well, you can save my dessert for Billy, oh, huh? There you go. Always thinking about other people. Take me, for instance. You? Yes, I hold you back. A nice boy like you should be married and have a home of his own. A man deserves those things when he's touching 40. I'm not touching 40, Mother. I'm beating the living daylights off. <laughs> Besides, Mother, I couldn't do without you. You know I'm a tosser. Who'd sew the buttons back in my pajamas? 
Well, I'm off. Where? You haven't a program anymore. Oh, I found a program, Mother. I'm going down to the Hoover School. If the city won't hire extra policemen, I'll direct traffic there. Oh, that sounds wonderful, my boy. But here, if you're going to school, I'd better wrap up your dessert. But, Mother... Now, Harold, remember how hungry you always got when you went to school. <laughs> Here's your pie. Pie? Yes, lemon chiffon. But, Mother, remember my diet. Lemon is on your diet. Lemon is... Yes, you win, Mother. I'll take the pie. <laughs> going to do with this piece of pie. Can't hold it in my hand while I'm directing traffic. Oh, well, I'll eat it. Yeah. Hmm. Dear old mother, she really thinks I ought to get married. <sighs> married to Evelina. Hmm, that'd be wonderful. She's so pretty. She can't cook as well as mother, but that's good. I could stay on my diet. <laughs> What about Mother and little Billy? Maybe Billy could be our babysitter. Nah. Babies. <laughs> I don't want a large family. Five would be enough. <laughs> uh, uh, but here I am dreaming again. I haven't even got a job. Probably have to leave Melrose Springs and be a test pattern. <laughs> Evelina will probably marry Stanley Peabody Well, he's going to be mayor She'd like that Mrs. Mayor Peabody Oh, brother Hey, Harold Uh-oh, little Billy I don't want to see him now I'll walk faster Hey, where are you off and running? Oh, hello, little Billy I didn't see you I'm not myself today Let me be the first to congratulate you No, Billy What's this I hear about you being scratched? Scratched? Yeah <laughs> Declared Fired. Yeah. Billy, must you always use that racetrack lingo? You've got everybody in this town doing it. Sure. I'm getting to be a favorite. There you go. <laughs> you want me to take care of this Peabody? I'll put a burr under his saddle and ride him into the rail. Yeah. <laughs> now, Billy, you promised me when you came to live with us here in Melrose Springs that you wouldn't get in any trouble. But you got a lot of good races left in you, cuz. I ain't letting them send you to the glue factory. Glue? <laughs> Now, Billy... Come on, we'll fight Carruthers and Peabody. You and me, we'll pool our forces. Excuse me, Billy, but that's no pool, that's a birdbath. <laughs> I'll admit you're no two-year-old, huh? but I can put you in shape. We'll start with early morning workouts. What do you think I am, a horse? Look, Billy, I don't want to fight anybody. It's true they didn't take my school plan, but I still think I was right. So I'm going to the Hoover School myself. You mean you're going to direct traffic? Well, somebody's got to help those children across the street. Oh, so that's why you're wearing that silly air raid helmet. Well, yes. <laughs> well, Peabody may think he's running you out of the money, but his nose ain't crossed the wire yet. Huh? Uh, see you later. Billy, what are you up to? Me? Nothing. Uh, excuse me. I got to see a horse doctor about a stubborn mule. <laughs> horse doctor about a mule? Oh, well, that sounds logical. <laughs> Dr. Yancey speaking. It's your nickel start talking. Doc, this is Billy. I gotta see you right away. I'm at 6th and Hoover. But I'm in consultation with the patient. 
patient. Yeah, I'm clipping a sheep. <laughs> well, that sheep can wait. The one I want to see you about has been clipped, but good. Yeah. Okay, I'll be there in a minute. Oh, things are never the same again after you have a phone put in. <laughs> I'll share you later. <laughs> Come along, children. Scoot across while I have the car stopped. Now, don't stand there looking at me. Come on, scoot. <laughs> Look, sunshine, there's Honest Harold. Yeah. Hello, Honest Harold. Well, the Ancy twins. Hello, Tempest and Sunshine. Harold, you shouldn't stand out in the middle of the street like that. You'll get hit. Well, I've been out here 15 minutes. I haven't been hit yet. What are you doing? Trying to collect your insurance because you lost your job? It, what? <laughs> Anybody. He's our friend. <laughs> Do you think you'll collect enough money to marry Evie? Now, girls, you run along home, Debbie. Besides, you're holding up traffic. Scoot across. I've got to let this hot rod by. All right. Goodbye, Honest Harold. Goodbye. Cute kids. All right, you and that hot rod, and proceed with caution. Wow, I nearly collected my insurance at that. <laughs> Just a moment, please. Let the children across. Well, hello, Joey. <laughs> All right, mister, and thank you for waiting. Well, I kind of like this work. <laughs> Maybe I missed my calling. Guess I'm just a frustrated policeman. Getting quiet here, though. Imagine all the classes have been dismissed. Seems to be the last of the kiddies. Can I cross now, constable? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doc. Hi. How are you getting along with your new job you there? Know, it's a bigger one than I thought it was going to be. I think I need a whistle. Well, if you wait till that new third grade teacher walks by, I'll whistle for you. Doc? <laughs> <laughs> <Doc? laughs> the pucker there was. <laughs> Everybody else does. <laughs> anyway, the children have all gone home, and I think I'll go, too. Oh, now, uh, wait a minute, Harold. I just got here. Why don't you stick around a while? You know, show me your stuff. No, no, no. I'm all finished here. Well, there uh, may be another kid or two around playing behind the schoolhouse. I don't think so, Doc. Well, besides, uh, it's just about the time that Mrs. Carruthers drives Stanley Peabody up to the house to make his daily report to the old man. Well, yes, it is nearly 4 o'clock, and they do it every day. Well, if I was you... I'd stick around and let Stanley see you donating your services to the town like this. Why, it'll make him mighty ashamed. I doubt that. Anyway, let's let bygones be bygones. Well, you stick to that attitude, and it won't be long before you're going bye-bye. <laughs> hey, who's that upstart in that station wagon? It looks like Mrs. Carruthers' car. Yeah, she's traveling pretty fast. Yeah, too fast. Look at that child in that cowboy suit. Where did he come from? Say, he's going to run across the street. You can't see on account of that big hat he's wearing. Little boy! Don't run off there on that street. Whoop, he stumbled and fell. Whoop, stop, stop that car. Harold, don't jump in front of that car. Stop. Oh, brother, that was close. Is that you, Mr. Hemp? Uh, yes, Mrs. Carruthers. Is the child all right? Yeah, he's okay. Look at him streak through those bushes. Hemp, 
What are you doing standing out here in the middle of the street? What does it look like, Stanley? I've been directing traffic. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. Oh, Mr. Hemp, how can I ever thank you? You've kept me from hitting that youngster. Well, that's why I was here. This is a dangerous spot. There should be policemen on these corners to act as crossing guards. You're so right, Mrs. Carruthers. Something should be done immediately. Mr. Hemp, why don't you campaign for it on your radio program? But... The women of this town would back you to the hilt. Well, I wanted to, Mrs. Carruthers, but I don't have a radio program. You certainly do. It's a favorite of mine. I heard you only yesterday. That was my last one. Stanley fired me. What's this, Stanley? Now, now Auntie, I just take orders from Mr. Carruthers. Well, Mr. Carruthers takes orders from me. <laughs> I bet he does it that. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Hemp, you've been rehired. I have? Yes, but it may not be for long. It won't? For a long time now, we've needed an honest man in Melrose Springs, one who is interested in our city and our children. When the women voters of Melrose Springs meet tomorrow, I'm going to submit your name for mayor. Me? Mayor? Sinatra, here is your boy, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to support me. Eh, we support you anyway. <laughs> oh, that's a corker. <laughs> Please, Doc, but Mrs. Carruthers, do you really think I'm qualified? I don't think I want to be mayor. Don't argue with me, young man. You're as good as elected. Yep. Stanley, close your mouth and let's go home. <laughs> right, Auntie. Oh, goodbye, honest Harold. Goodbye, Mrs. Carruthers. Well, isn't she sweet? <laughs> Well, that uh, turned out slick, didn't it? Doc, it couldn't have been planned better. Yep. What'd you say? You can tell little Billy to come out from behind those bushes now. <laughs> Shucks. Now, well, how did you know I was the kid? Yeah, we thought that little hop-along Cassidy suit was a perfect disguise. Well, I've been thinking. Nobody but a jockey could take a fall like that, roll over, and come up on his feet running. <laughs> I'll be real upset with both of you. That wasn't honest, fellas. No, uh, that's politics. <laughs> with us behind you, you'll be mayor before you know it. Now, wait a minute, fellas. Honestly... I'll handicap him for first place any time, even with all that weight he carries. <laughs> He's going to be hard to handle. Honest boy, though. Mayor, eh? Well... <laughs> Good night, voters. <laughs> You've just heard the new Harold Perry show, Honest Harold. The supporting players included Sharon Douglas, Olin Soleil, Norma Jean Nilsson, Anne Whitfield, Jimmy Ogg, Lois Corbett, Jane Morgan, and featured Gloria Holiday as Gloria and Joseph Kearns as old Doc Yak Yak. Norman MacDonald directed, and the music was composed and conducted by Jack Meekin. William Danch contributed additional dialogue to Mr. Perry's original script. <laughs> CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting Group. From Hollywood, the Judy Canova Show. 
Brought to you each week by the Colgate Palmetto Tea Company, makers of Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair. And the new Super Suds with a carload of suds for fighter dust. The Judy Canova Show with Mel Blanc, Ruby Dandridge, Joe Kearns, Jess Kirkpatrick, Verna Felton, The Statesman, Charles Danton's Orchestra, and starring Judy Canova. Judy is going on a personal appearance tour. So, this afternoon, I went over to her house to say goodbye. When I arrived, she was busy packing her things, and I said, My goodness, Judy, you're certainly taking along enough perfumes in your trunk. Well, Howard, when I travel, I like to smell pretty. Now, this is rather embarrassing, Judy. I bought you some perfumes myself as a, as a going-away gift. Well, look at these. Ecstasy, My Sin, Mad Love, and Purple Passion. Gosh, didn't they have anything for a beginner? <laughs> Hey. in that primer class. <laughs> yeah. What's that uh, perfume you're wearing, Judy? Is that evening in Paris? No, afternoon in Woolworth's basement. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> Say, Judy, isn't that rather strong perfume? I don't know, Hart, but this morning my bottle of Airwick went out in the yard for a breath of fresh air. <laughs> ah, you know, Judy, we'll miss you while you're gone this summer. We'll miss you something awful. Well, everybody says I'm something awful to miss. <laughs> Judy, I came over to kiss you goodbye. Okay, Howard. My lips are puckered. You know, Judy, you do have a very pretty mouth when you come right down to it. Well, what are you waiting for? Come right down to it. <laughs> Say, Judy, where don't are you going? Don't do it, eh? Scared, <laughs> eh? I don't. <laughs> Say, where are you going on tour this summer, Judy? Oh, I'm going all over the country, Howard. And for sentimental reasons, I'd sure like to go to Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., huh? What for? Well, I'm like everybody else in this country. I'd like to be near my money. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, Judy, I hear your brother Zeke and sister Annie are going on tour with you. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm waiting for Pedro to drive me down to the station to meet him. Oh, well, here comes Pedro now. Well, I'll run along. See you later. Okay, goodbye, Howard. Pardon me for talking in your face, Rita. <laughs> Morning. You knew I wanted you to drive me to the station. Well, Senorita, I would have come quicker, but I can't be where I wasn't. <laughs> if you want me to be where I am, unless I send my brother, <laughs> and he doesn't look like me, <laughs> I think. Well, we got to get started pretty soon. What time is it? 
I don't know, senorita. There are two hands on my watch, and I don't know which one is right. <laughs> well, we got to meet my brother and sister. They're coming in from the farm today. Oh, I've never been on a farm, senorita. I know where milk and eggs come from, but where does butter come from? It's the same place milk comes from. Golly, it must be an awful job getting it. <laughs> Pedro, don't you know anything about farm life? Well, senorita, one day I watched the chickens at my uncle's house. The chickens all walked into his living room. Into the living room? What for? My uncle was laying a carpet and the chickens wanted to see how it was done. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <clears throat> now get the car out and we'll go to the station. Gee. <laughs> the information window I can acquire here. Howdy, mister. Can you tell me if the train from Cactus Junction got here yet? Uh, Cactus uh, uh, Junction? Yeah. Is, is that in the U, uh, 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 United uh, uh, States? Um... Well, certainly it is. Uh, just look on your railroad map. Well, let's see now. Here's the uh, uh, Fruitville and Franistan uh, uh, and then um, uh, Fellowship and uh, Fluorescent um, Whistle stop. Well, you just keep looking. Now, I know Cactus Junction's on that map. Well, here's a rank of sort and a screaming and a phoenix. But I got a scram. Why do you have to go? Well, I got to go to a thread joint to wet my whistle. fella certainly wasn't any help. I'd better ask this other information clerk. Mister, do you know on what track the train from Cactus Junction arrived? Cactus Junction? Well, I never heard of it. That must be an odd place. Well, what's odd about it? I come from there. Lady, you're not helping your argument. <laughs> Mister, I know your trains run through Cactus Junction. I'm sorry, but you're mistaken. I am not. The engineer used to slow his train down at our house every day. What for? He'd give us a quarter, and we'd let him milk our cow while the cow walked alongside the train. <laughs> he milked the cow while the train was in motion? Yep. One day, the train started up with a jerk, and he homogenized everybody in the club car. <laughs> <laughs> Mister, you better take a look at your railroad map again. I know Cactus Junction's on your line. Well, let me see now. Hmm. Here's a small town near Beaver's Creek. I can hardly make out the name. It's this little red spot here. Uh, can you tell what it is? Yeah, it's a ladybug, and it's moving into Wisconsin. <laughs> Attention, everybody. Leaving on track six, the Horizon Limited. Coming in on track six, the Standard Express. Goodness, both on the same track. We lose more trains that way. <laughs> That train comes in at this station. I just gotta meet it. I've never seen anyone so anxious to meet a train. You're certainly bent on it, aren't you? No, I only walk this way when my garters pull me down. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I gotta meet Zeke and Annie Canova. They're going on tour with me. Canova? Then you must be Judy Canova. That's me. Well, here's a telegram that's been waiting for you. Oh, it's from my brother Zeke. Golly, I can't believe this. What does the telegram say? 
It says, Dear Judy, couldn't get Pullman reservations. Just gave birth to an old lady. <laughs> Halo shampoo if you want naturally bright and beautiful hair. Yes, soaping your hair with even finest liquid or cream shampoos hides its natural luster with dulling soap film. But Halo contains no soap. Made with a new patented ingredient, Halo cannot leave dulling film. Halo reveals the true color and brilliance of your hair the very first time you use it. Leaves it shimmering with glorious natural highlights. And even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich fragrant lather. Halo carries away loose dandruff and dirt like magic. Needs no lemon or vinegar rinse. Use Halo on your children's hair, too. Say hello to Halo Shampoo. Goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo at any cosmetic counter. And remember, soaping dulls hair, Halo glorifies it. So Halo, everybody, Halo. Halo Shampoo, Halo. back to Judy Canova, the statesman, and Judy's very unusual interpretation of Three Blind Mice. Three blind mice, three blind mice, see how they run, see how they run, they all run after the farmer's wife. She cut off their tails with a carving knife, did you ever see such a sight in your life as three blind mice? Things. I'm a 
Judd, I'm glad you're here. I'm having trouble packing your trunk. Why? Well, I packed it up in the attic, but I had to jump on it to get the lid closed. Where's the trunk now? <laughs> Down in the basement. <laughs> oh, geranium, geranium. How could you do a thing like that? Oh, honey, you don't realize you're looking at 150 pounds of bone and muscle. Only 150? <laughs> yeah. The other 150 is ballast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Miss Judy, why are you on tours? Is it all right if I take my vacation? Sure, Geranium. Are you going to Catalina Island again this summer? Yeah, Miss Judy, but I'm not going to take a trip on that glass-bottom boat again. No, it frightens me when I put my face up against that glass and look down at those fish. Why? <laughs> Honey, did you ever look at an octopus puss to puss? <laughs> Pretty frightened looking at those fish. Yeah, but I guess the fish is pretty frightened too. <laughs> Why? What makes you say that? Well, one of them looked up through the glass bottom at me and said, What's the whale doing on the surface? <laughs> Lady, I've been ringing the doorbell for ten minutes and no answer. Whopping? <laughs> whopping? Yeah, whopping. Uh, oh, you mean what happened? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Whopping. <laughs> hey, I got this telegraph for you and I ring the doorbell all day. Whopping. <laughs> well, it's probably out of order. I'll get an electrician. Maybe he can find out what happened. <laughs> you talk like a character. <laughs> Telegram, the bell don't ring, I ask what happened. That's crazy people, I don't think. I ask what happened, nobody knows what happened. Geranium, I got a telegram from my sister Annie. Are they on the way, Miss Judy? Are they coming by Southern Pacific or Union Pacific? Says here, following your advice, taking the Cactus Junction train to Salt Lake City. We'll transfer there to the UP. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah, she must have been talking to some man. Oh. <laughs> Sister Annie promised Ma she wouldn't let any man kiss her till she's 21. Well, honey, how old is she now? She don't know. Ma won't tell her. Oh. <laughs> I wonder who that is. Come in. Hello, honey. I came to say goodbye and wish you luck on your tour. Oh, hello, Miss Pierce. Come on in. Gee, I'm glad you came over. Ah, honey, I'd like to be going on a vaudeville tour myself, just like I did in the old days. But I guess time has passed me by. Why, Miss Sears, a big star like you is no has-been. Didn't the studios offer you a movie role recently? Yes, honey. But when they ask you to play the mother of C. Aubrey Smith, you're through. <laughs> <laughs> ah, then, I remember when I had a wonderful girlish figure. I played the ingenue roles in Chautauqua Stock Companies in Vaudeville. Tyler, you were in the middle of everything. I was, honey. And now I've got everything in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Judy, <laughs> when you go on your tour this summer, who's going to take your place on the radio? It's going to be the old Saturday night favorite. Can you top this? Oh. Yeah, with Senator Ed Ford, Joe Lard Jr., Harry Hurstfield, Peter Donald, and Ward Wilson. Oh, they're wonderful. They sure are. I'm sure all your listeners will enjoy them very much. But um, where are you going on your tour, Judy? I'm going all over the United States. 
Golly, I sure hope I meet a lot of handsome fellas. Oh, honey, when it comes to men, I can take them or leave them. Where do you leave them? <laughs> All our lives, it's men. I wonder what we women would do without men. I hope I never find out. <laughs> Miss Fizz, I bet you had a lot of admirers. Oh, I sure did, honey. And no wonder. In 1910, I came out on the stage wearing a sensational bathing suit. It was a long sleeve jacket, sateen bloomers, and long black cotton stockings. <laughs> bathing suits certainly are different these days. Yeah, they sure are. Two bandanas and a hot water bottle. <laughs> uh, Judy, are uh, Zeke and Annie going to appear in your act? Yeah, I'm waiting for them to come in from Cactus Junction. <laughs> Me and them going to sing a few songs and cut a few didos for the folks. Well, what else will you do? Oh, we're going to tell all the people about Ma and Pa back home in Cactus Junction. Oh, that should be very interesting. Yeah, any part of our life back home is interesting. You know, I remember one day Ma was saying to Pa, Is that Georgie? Wake up, Pa. Wake up, you lazy critter. <laughs> oh, gosh, Ma. Get up, Paul. You hate had a bath in two weeks. Oh, Ma. Can't you just dust me off? All you do is stay in bed and sleep. Paul, I think you're soiled. We'll open the window and nobody will notice it.
sausages on toothpicks. Get in the way when you pick your teeth. Hey, look, Paul. Here comes Judy's dumb boyfriend, Lukey, up on the porch. He's coming to court our Judy. How to surprise my folks. A phonograph, Lukey? Well, what for? Well, Pa says my brother Buford's coming home with a criminal record and I want to have something to play. <laughs> Lukey, you've been a court in our duty now for two years. Do you figure on a marrying and a settling down to raise a family? Oh, Family? Yeah, ain't so family with Judy. Ain't you never heard about the birds and bees? Well, which one is she? <laughs> Lukey, you're the most stupid, ignorant bonehead in town. You're a moron. Well, that's one thing they can't blame on the Democrats. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going into the room and court Judy. My dingy dongies, I sure do love that star girl, boy. Well, <laughs> oh, Paul, let's get the chores, did. You milk the goat, and I'll go see how many eggs and hens left in Grandpa's whiskers. <laughs> If they're getting so a body never gets no rest around here, no. And Miss Pierce, telling folks about my family is the sort of thing me and Zeke and Annie are going to do on the tour. That sounds like a swell idea, Judy. But when do you expect Zeke and Annie? Oh, they ought to be in today. They said they were coming by way of Salt Lake City on the UP. They should have been here hours ago. Say, Miss Judy, your brother and sister here. Look, they're in a delivery truck, and they're climbing out of two packages. Climbing out of packages? Judy, didn't you tell them to transfer to Salt Lake City and come by way of the UP? They came by the UP, all right. Look what's written on the side of that truck. United Parcel. <laughs> A carload of suds for whiter duds from just one box of super suds. Say, that's what I want, suds. And that's what you get. A carload of suds from each box of super suds. Proved by an independent authority. Just one box of Super Suds can make 47,200 times its own volume in suds. Enough suds to more than fill a freight car with suds. Some suds. That's no other soap in the world can wash clothes whiter. Get out more dirt than Super Suds. And you need no bleach. Tell me more. A carload of suds to a box. So you know Super Suds is packed with power, but it's gentle to hands, easy on colors. Gives you sweeter smelling washes, too. 
the sudsiest and best super suds of all time. I'm on my way. I'm going to buy a box of super suds and carry home a carload of suds for whiter duds. Super suds, super suds, extra suds for whiter duds. No other soap can wash those whiter, get out more dirt or wash them brighter. Now back to Judy Canova and the sentimental Now is the Hour. a second to thank the gang behind the scenes. My producer-director, Joe Ryan, and his associate producer, Vonna Bansky. My writers, Henry Hoople, Fred Fox, John Ward, and Ben Perry. My engineer, Eddie Miller. Bobby Conlon, who handled the sound effects. My announcers, Howard Petrie and Frank Graham. My orchestra leader, Bud Dance, and his fine musicians. My sister, Ann Canova, and Jack Barnett, who wrote all of my special material and original songs. My wonderful quartet, the sportsman and the statesman. And all the people who were part of our cast during the year. Gail Gordon, Hans Conried, Jess Kirkpatrick, Verna Felton, and George Neat. How about me, Miss Judy? Ruby Dandridge, my little old geranium. Well, you won't know me next season, Miss Judy. I'm going on a diet this summer. <laughs> well, don't be in a hurry. Remember, haste makes waste. Yeah, and if you get too much waste, you gotta wear a girdle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Senorita, I brought you a going away present. Oh, Mel Blank. I, I mean, Pedro. <laughs> Here it is. A two-piece bathing outfit. What is it? A bathing suit? No, a pail and a shovel. <laughs> well, goodbye, Judy. <laughs> goodbye, Joe Kern. Oh, boy, I know it ain't much, but I bring you a box of your favorite chocolate. Oh, thanks, Lucy. Hey, but wait a minute. There's only half a box. Well, I know. They're my favorite, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I haven't missed anybody. I want you all to have a wonderful vacation. And let's make a date to be back here on October 2nd. In the meantime, please don't forget the two products that brought us together each week. Halo Shampoo and Super Sud, the bestest in the world. This is Judy Canova from Hollywood singing, Go to sleepy little baby, go to sleepy little baby. When... Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. No other toothpaste cleans teeth better. Colgate's cleans teeth thoroughly, safely, reveals natural sparkle and beauty. And scientific tests prove that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. See if you don't agree with the millions who have made Colgate America's favorite toothpaste. After you eat and before every date, use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Stay tuned to Kay Kaiser with his comedy of errors and the College of Musical Knowledge, which follows immediately. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That was the August 23, 1950 premiere episode of The Harold Perry Show and the June 26, 1948 episode of The Judy Canova Show. I hope you enjoyed them. And remember, if you're enjoying our podcast, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast app you use. We really appreciate it. Tune in next time for another great classic comedy radio show right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. <laughs>